Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Spratcast with me, Mark Allen, and the Dean of Sprattham University, the esteemed Eli Silverman. Oh, I'm a glory! <laughs> is that the new one? That is a new nice, one. Nice, nice work on that. Um, how are you doing? Yeah. 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 It's a bit meh at the moment, you know, it's starting to get properly cold today, isn't it? The first proper chiller. I had to turn the heating on today. For the first time, an extended amount of time, and uh, I bled the radiators before you came around. Why do they have to be bled? Why can't I just say, let the water out? Why do we have to have this image of these things? These clanky monsters. That's true, actually. We, we kind of anthropomorphise radiators. I'm I don't bleeding. like it. Cut the radiator, slash it up, let it bleed <laughs> its juices on the floor. Slank the radiator. It's like a sacrifice for winter, isn't it? I'm going to sacrifice the radiator for winter. I'm going to anoint that dirty radiator. <laughs> What you don't know uh, so far, by the way, people listening to the Spravcast, is that we've tried to introduce this Spravcast about four times and failed. We, we, our heads are all, all asunder, aren't they? Um, but I think we keep this in just to, right. so you know what the hell's going on. Yeah, it's on. a bit um, of the process behind this. Yeah, so. you see, see a bit of the magic happening. Uh, but it is true, people are getting affected by the weather in different ways. I went to, I went to a football match the other day, really cold for the first time. Um, and after the game, I went into the pub and I went to the toilet and this guy walked in and he stood next to me at the urinal and he went, oh, it's cold today, isn't it, eh? Oh, well, par for the course, isn't it? It was like, what do you mean par for the course? What, do you think he assesses it every day? He gets up and goes, uh, tick. That was uh, pretty much par well, for the course. That's essentially what meteorologists do, isn't it? They go, oh, it's, it's two degrees below the average for this time of year, and so on. Maybe he was a meteorologist. He could well be. But he was just giving me a little bit of off-duty advice. Why was he standing you know, next to you, talking to you, while you're trying to take a piss? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't like it. He's like, <laughs> you know... Like, just don't talk to me. I know, like, talking about weather is sort of a default for not having anything to say, yeah. but I'd much rather, in that situation, you don't say anything. That's what have you gone, oh, I like the look of your cock? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have gone, that's part of the course. <laughs> I went away for a week um, with a group of other comedians. It was really nice. Someone just went, should we go away? Just, you know, dead cheap flight. And we, we ended up going to Sardinia. I've never been to Sardinia before. And uh, it was really nice. And when we stayed in this villa that we rented out. Um, but the place was a bit weird because all the people there were like really old it was like a Mediterranean old folks' home. Right. You know, like that Olivio advert, where just like loads of old people, yeah, yeah. a bit cantankerous and sort of a bit feisty. They were all like that. And they instantly hated us. And I don't know if it was because... Well, basically, because we'd hired some bikes. We had to kind of store them in the, um, in the villa and we had to get them up the lift or up the stairs. And someone had inadvertently got like a dirty tyre mark on the wall. Nothing too disastrous, you would have thought. They went fucking nuts, like completely, kept banging on the door and then just shouting at us in Italian. And we were like, all right, we'll just clean it then, shall we? And so we just kind of wiped it off. And that was it. It was like, they just, you know, it's such a Mediterranean, and particularly an Italian thing. It gets so passionate about something that is so kind of trivial. And um, we didn't see them again for a few days. And... All of a sudden, something weird started going on with our flat. The lights turned off. Like, all of the electricity Uh-oh. in the flat turned off. And we were like, 
Hang on. Oh, Hang man. on. Vendetta. So uh, we went downstairs to find where the fuse boxes were. And we found the fuse boxes next to the, uh, like the car park. Yeah. And all of the other lights were on, apart from ours, right? And it actually said the name and the number of the flat. So we knew that they, they knew it was our fuse boxes. I thought, you fuckers. You fuckers. So we turned it back out. Because we found it was amusing. It was just like, that's really funny. These kind of octogenarian Mediterraneans have, have got some sort of vendetta against us. That's kind of amusing. It was like, I, it's, I, like, I like the fact it was kind of a little childish thing, you know. It's like, I'd be oh, shitting we'll, it. You know, we'll, inc- we'll inconvenience them in a really tiny way. That would scare so the we shit went... out of me. The lights are off. What do you think's going to happen then? They're going to come in, stab you. The knife is... Mafioso. Not all Italians Mafioso. Sardinian specialty Sardinian. Sardinian, yeah. Yeah. They're specialty... You think we're going to have, like, a horse's head on the door or something? No, worse than that, you'll have some kind of octogenarian ninja, mafia ninja in there, slice and dice. Well, that would be a holiday, wouldn't it? Um, I'd be be scared. So we flicked it back on, just thought nothing of it, just thought, oh, that's... It's a bit funny, a bit pathetic, but, you know, that's quite amusing that, that they have that, you know, they're yeah. a little bit childish about these things. And so we're kind of carrying on, you know, in the flat, cooking dinner, and all of a sudden the lights went off again. Oh. And, um, See, now and this is some, like a horror film. Yeah, right? it, it is, but in, in you don't usually have many horror films set in... in a bunch a, of comedians in a go villain. away on holiday and are attacked by... Ninja-genarians! <laughs> <laughs> so the second time it happened... Uh, Two, two of us, Yanni and, uh, and Tom, ran downstairs, right? They decided to catch them at it, because they're old. They're not going to travel very quick. Surely we'll catch them coming back up yeah, the stairs. Yeah. They literally legged it down the stairs, turned the corner where the fuse boxes were, went, aha! There was no one there. Again, I was like, okay. So they flicked the light up again, and then they heard someone coming. So they hid in the shadows <laughs> to, see, to see who was going to come. And this old person came around the corner, and uh, and they thought we've got them, we've got them. They're going to do it, and they just went into the car park, oh, and right. got their car, and went off on some kind of jaunt. And they <laughs> was just like, maybe we're getting a bit paranoid. Yeah. And so they went back upstairs, and we realised that what it was, it was you were tricking to, the system. It was nothing to do with it. It was just that the dishwasher. Every time we turned the dishwasher on, it tripped the lights, and we were just so paranoid that we were convinced of the, this sort of um, <laughs> this kind of standoff between us. And some octogenarian Italians. Um, so, you know, maybe old people aren't that bad. I think They're not. They just didn't like the bike mark. mark. They didn't. And, uh, you know, they have every right to not like the bike mark. But it was just like, you know, don't get so upset about it. Have some perspective. You are in a beautiful country with some glorious weather. If you All you've got a fret about is a bike mark on the wall. You're doing all right. You're okay. doing all right. Yeah. You know, just get some perspective. Scrap. I, I've been in a bit of pain lately. I'm, I've got a bit of pain in my in my stomach, and it's been there for quite a while. I thought, you know, maybe I'll just strain something; it'll get over. But then, um, recently, and I, I feel a bit weird confessing this to the Sprathcast audience, but I, I've got a bit of um, a bit of an ache in my right testicle. That's not. It's not funny either. Not good, it's really no. not. It's like fuck. So I just thought it'd be better to check it out with the doctor and. I walked in there, it was Dr. Hope, which, you know, in, in itself was quite positive, wasn't it? I was like, oh, Dr. Hope, rather than, you know, Dr. Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. No Chance. Yeah. I walked in, very intent on discussing my testicular problem, and it was, Dr. Hope was a female, and she, she was a young and attractive female, probably about the same age as me. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden it got a bit awkward, you know, and, and so I sort of started talking about the, the pain in, in my kind of lower stomach. 
sort of in relation on that a bit more because that wasn't the main concern I was yeah. just basically pussy pussy footing around saying yeah. my bollock hurts <laughs> and uh, so eventually I went oh and there's another thing my, my testicle hurts a bit and she went oh right okay um, do you want me to examine it and I didn't want to appear like you know prudish or anything yeah. so I went yeah if you don't mind <laughs> yeah what, yeah why not you know it was like of course I do you're a doctor and I'm kind of worried about yeah. this but I you know I kind of over blustered it went yeah go on yeah you know get your hands dirty <laughs> uh, <laughs> why not uh, so she went all right well um, um because I'm obviously I'm a female doctor and you're a male I need to get someone else here at the same time so she went but the thing is that the only other person that's available to do this at the moment is another female doctor <laughs> this so is getting yeah, so a wet dream yeah, no it's not it's really not I was in pain and I was feeling slightly panicky um, you know because they're now teaming up I'm thinking shit you've got to get reinforcements this is possibly quite serious um, so and then again I over blustered around yeah bring them on yeah I'll do it with an audience I literally said that and it was like now I just seem like some yeah. kind of sex pest yeah so this woman came in and um she didn't she basically didn't look at me or my testicles she looked at the wall and yeah. she's like I've done this before and uh, I don't want to see it and you don't want yeah, me to yeah. see it so I'm just going to stare straight ahead at but you know if anyone yelps then I'm going to I'm going to be here to witness what's going on um, and she started you know examining my testicle down there just the right one and that's the other thing I didn't know you know it's only my testicle that was the problem so I was like well, what do I do I get get it all out or yeah. do I just kind of pop pop it out <laughs> From the bottom of my, of my pants. What did you end up doing? Well, I thought... I, I don't know what I thought. I thought maybe I could keep my pants on and then she could just yeah. kind of delve down. Yeah, yeah. But that, is, in, in a way, is more sexual, yeah, isn't it? it is. So she was like, no, sexual. pull your pants down. I was like, right, okay, I'll do that. Okay. So I pulled my pants down and she was sort of tweaking around there. And she was like going, does that, does that hurt there? And the thing is... I couldn't recreate the pain. She couldn't recreate the pain, but I didn't want to say it doesn't hurt because that would just be like, I want, I just wanted to play with my balls. <laughs> like, like, like I, was, I was going to the doctor and the fact that I left the mention of testicles so late on in the conversation oh, was like, a, yeah, like yeah. it was an afterthought or yeah. something. You know, well, while you're there, you might yeah. as well have a fiddle. Um, so I had to basically pretend that it hurt. Even though it didn't, because I didn't want to seem like I was just getting off on it yeah. or something. So I was like, oh yeah, that hurts. And then I started getting paranoid that maybe it was giving the wrong message. Yeah. You go, well, that's definitely cancer. Yeah, yeah. And be like, no, um, it's not. Yeah. I just, oh, it was all a bit awkward. And then she basically said, uh, it's probably fine. And I kind of sheepishly pulled my, my pants up and went, thanks. And, uh, and then left and then saw the other doctor on the way out. In reception, so, uh, yeah, a little, yeah. little acknowledgement, nod, nod of the head. Hello, yeah, you just see my bollocks. Um, <laughs> good night. Um, that, so that was really weird. But next time, maybe uh, have a check up. Might just just throw it on top as well, just to see if she. Uh, you know, it probably won't be her next time. Throw what on top? The uh, examination. You know, maybe she'll just does it a little bonus. Should I have asked for a happy finish? <laughs> That would have been so wrong, man. Where's my happy ending? You should have Come, on. Come on, both of you. <laughs> yeah. Both get on board. Yeah. Why not? They must have some proper yeah. dirty, old, doctor. dirty old pervs going, yeah, I've got a bit of a, bit of a twinge in the old, <laughs> the old bollock. Uh, Give it a rummage. Oh, I'm in terrible pain, doc. You can't. That's, that's, that's the downside of being a doctor, really. 
having to see my tackle. <laughs> I think that's a downside of of anyone. Who's my wife. Yeah. As well. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. Has some anonymous stranger got right up your nose lately? Why not let them know? Lonely hates. So, uh... We haven't had lonely hates the last Spravcast, so uh, I think it's time we have one. You said that you you, you had a, a, a bit of one. Obviously. Yeah, I had a little account encounter the other day. All right. Well, uh, when you're ready, you like in your own time. You there at the thirty-one stop? Uh, started talking to me. Offered me a cigarette. Yeah, I'd had a few, so I accepted it. You seemed verging on friendly. Then. You started to annoy me, you know, just with shit talk. And then you started to question whether you were annoying me. Don't ask that. If you know you've got a chance of fucking annoying someone, don't ask them if you're annoying them. That's just a terrible thing to say. And then you just kept on and on and on. And, it, and then you said you've done loads of Charlie. No shit. You've done loads of coke. You're an annoying, coked up twat. And you're fucking... Now you've chosen me as your victim. Where you're going to spew your life juice on me. And then he goes fucking... Oh, you know what the BMP you've got, right? I'm thinking, yeah, this has just got a hell of a lot worse. You, you Now you're going to annoy me, ask you for annoying me, and then spew bigoted shit at me, and then I'm going to have to get on the bus with you. One thing he thought the BMP had got right was their policy on blacks, which he seemed to think was kick out all the blacks, but not if they were born and raised and educated here. So that was the Where kind of reasoning. Where do you start, man? There yeah, is not a bus journey long enough to correct yeah. the ignorance of this buffoon. I was at the, a pub the other day, and this Italian, he started out all right, kind of friendly, and then he said, uh, I'm a Nazi. And then I saw him outside afterwards, he was dancing around, going, I am a Nazi, I am a Nazi. Like, They're yeah. getting brazen, aren't they? These, uh, these... <laughs> stealth yeah, racists. Yeah, the right wing are getting pretty, um, not stealth, how stealthy is dancing around saying, I am a Nazi? Well, and he's not a stealth racist. <laughs> no. I keep getting emailed by this company whose mailing list I I swear to God I didn't subscribe to. I have no idea how they got my details, right? But they keep sending me these emails. And these emails are so kind of not me that I refuse to unsubscribe because I just want to see this little window into how people live that are, are completely different to me, right? This is for a nightclub in uh, SW10 in Chelsea, right? This is a Chelsea nightclub called Diva Beach. I think Beaver Beach would be better. Yeah, no, that's, that's a better, better name. Yeah. And you get a different type of clientele there. Yeah. Anyway, it's basically a club teeming with dickheads. You know, smooth and rich, completely conceited, Gucci-wearing simpletons, right? Um, their mission statement basically tells you everything you need to know about them. I swear to God, this is what it says. We love elegance. We love style. We love beauty. We love Miami. <laughs> what? Okay, keep reading. We love the beach. We love design. We love luxury. We love to party with friends till late. Sometimes very late. Oh, naughty. Um, we love cocktails. We love sushi. We love champagne. We love glamour. We love you. We are Diva Beach. Oh, so God. Fucking hell. This is. Just got to stop. That is like a terrible nightmare. It's like train spotting gone horribly, horribly wrong, isn't it? 
we love Miami from nowhere just like we love Miami we love sushi it's like how do these things link how are Miami and sushi and the beach linked and if you do truly love all of those things style elegance and glamour and and you don't know me how can you love me because I'll tell you what I fucking despise you I don't know who you are um <laughs> it's just oh, don't know terrible just really gets to me <laughs> I keep getting these emails every time I'm just reading I can't believe this I can't believe what the shit that these people are spouting who reads that and goes like that, that is the place for me yeah you know what I love Miami I love sushi as well where can I go that combines I think Weatherspoons no that just loves misery and dull money Is there another little musical beer just wasting a bit of time I suppose also mention or spaff at some point. Lovely. Uh, this actually could have made it into Lonely Hates, uh, I think. Uh, I don't think I hate him though. I, I, I sort of had for a brief amount of time a little bit of a nemesis. Um, when I say a brief amount of time, it was about 45 minutes. Um, I was waiting at Marylebone Station. I was waiting to meet up with a, a mate of mine who was always fucking late for everything. So... I was sitting there and I thought, I'll get some food. So I went and got a sandwich, ate my sandwich, and there are no bins at Marylebone. They don't have bins there. There's in case people get, get blown up. Yeah, in case they from some, how have a vendetta against Chilton Railways or something. I had the, the bag for the sandwich and the sandwich wrapper and stuff, um, so I needed to throw it away. And I was looking, I don't like just throwing it on the floor. It, seems, it still seems wrong, you know. It's been instilled in me that these things are wrong. Um, and I saw a guy at AMT Coffee that works there, and he's got his bag from AMT Coffee, and he's picking all the coffee cups off the tables around AMT Coffee. Yeah. And I'm stood right next to him. Oh. So I think, well, I'll just give him my rubbish then. He's yeah. got he's got the bag. So um, I, I, I handed him my little ball of rubbish, and he looked at me and like looked at the AMT bag and then just gestured somewhere in the, in the distance that where I might conveniently deposit the rubbish that wasn't from AMT and I literally laughed in his face I just laughed at him and went are you serious and he kind of looked because you know he expected me to to obviously adhere to what he said Um, and he kind of looked at me and he grudgingly relented and um, and I felt like a little minor victory you know I felt quite pleased with myself there kind of swanning around Marylebone station still waiting still waiting yeah I was still waiting for my mate to turn up Um, and Eventually, he turned up, so I thought, I'll get a coffee quickly before I get on the, uh, on the train. I went, so I went to get a coffee, and it, he ended up serving me. <laughs> well, he didn't initially. I went to get a coffee, and this woman was serving me, and I was thinking, oh, it's a good job it's not here, yeah. it's fine. So I ordered my coffee, and she went off to make it. And um, for some reason, they swapped over during the transaction, so he ended up serving me, and he kind of appeared there, and he, he kind of was looking down, and then he looked at me, saw me, and he went... Do you want to give me some rubbish as well? <laughs> I was like, oh. And I went, no, nah, no, nah, I'll bring some back later. That was the only comeback I had, basically. And it was just a little pissy exchange. It was just like, I can't believe we're both holding a grudge. Yeah. Right? It's such a minor... Well, I think he was. Yeah, but I mean, this is several days later and I've brought it up on the Spravcast. So yeah. I think I'm holding one as well. But yeah, what a dick bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Right, next up, Eli, we've got Poetry Smackdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Poetry Smackdown. Uh, quite looking forward to seeing what you've managed to rustle up. 
Mate, um, it, it is. Hopefully you've learned to write for this one. That's me slamming you. See that? I feel slammed. Yeah. This uh, this episode of Poetry Smackdown is brought to you by the theme of autumn. And um, our first reading comes from Eli J. Silverman. Thank you. Leaves scut around. Desiccated baby corpses. From the dark, mournful trees. Hiding dog shit. Like mutant princes. With pincer faces. Stuck in a stone tower. In a small medieval duchy dom. Duchy dom. The unrelenting clag of summer fades and the distant clanking of the central heating starts. The radiators moan and tinker, dreadnoughts of suffocation, dribbling rusty piss. I hate fucking central heating. It has just two settings, off or suffocatingly hot and dry till your eyeballs turn to fucking Rice Krispies and you can't breathe. (laughs) Thank you, Eli. Another upbeat one from you, from yeah. your canon there. <laughs> Let's see what whiffle waffle you've spewed on pon parchment. I'd say pon. I initially started out trying to be quite upbeat about autumn, but then I realised that autumn, that actually it's not nice at all. So this is my ode to autumn. Hooray, hooray, the autumn's here, the people say with such good cheer. They'll kick up leaves in wintry gear, cos autumn's the bestest time of year. But is it really? Or are we blithely dancing on summer's grave? That's my poem. Nice. <laughs> you, you really don't think uh, autumn's very poetic. I think that point comes no, it's, across. No, it is just kind of, it just happens, doesn't it? And it is like, in a way, if you think about it, leaves die. It's, it is kind of dying. Shit's dying and closing down for the winter. It's sort of nothing to be that excited about. And you see kids laughing, kicking leaves around. You think, you've got no idea, have you? It's my favourite season. Is it? Yeah. So why did you write such a depressing <laughs> piece of depressing. prose? Pick out the light in that swathe of gloom. Leaves scut around, desiccated baby corpses from yes. the dank, mournful trees. That's the upbeat native part That's of nice, it. That's nice, isn't it? Hiding dog way. shit. The dog shit is hidden, also positive. Uh, I, I think it's best that we agree to disagree at this All point. Right. I, I, I only got bleakness from yours. Um... And bleakness from mine, to be fair. You were trying to sort of uh, channel my style. Well, because you never try and channel my style, do you? I try and mix it up a little bit sometimes, because I try to channel your style whilst keeping the rhyming in it. So I want you to try and channel me. Be a bit more upbeat. Make it rhyme for the next one. Okay. Just see how you get on. Just try it. Like, you know, just think light, light and, you know. Jaunty. Yeah. Uh, December, right? So let's not get seasonal. Let's think of something else that happens in December that's not Christmas. Office parties. Oh, God. Should we do office parties? All right, office parties. It's a challenge in Mark's style. So, office parties, you are going to be upbeat, and I will not. I don't have to be. I might be. You never know. Depends on my... Does upbeat actually have a positive outlook? Like, are you really that unfamiliar with the concept of upbeat that you have to clarify it before you write a poem in it? Yes. Joyful. (laughs) What are you writing down? Joyful. (laughs) You're actually making notes... On my on the, you're down. making notes on the definition of upbeat because you're that unfamiliar with the concept. Eli, you need unfamiliar. help, man. That's it. Next SmackDown is sorted. He's in our brethren, this is Cars coming at you straight from the front. Maybe from the side as well, uh, uh, You know, I'm really bad with small talk. 
as you know, we've discussed it before. It's a theme throughout this. I, I, I'm really bad at small talk. Well, I found myself involved in a bit of small talk that was actually going quite well the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, I was, I've got an idea for my new show for the next Edinburgh Festival. I'm quite pleased with it. I like to think through my ideas by going for a walk. So I went for a walk in uh, in Brockwell Park in Brixton, walking around the park, getting some ideas together, having a good old think about stuff. Um, and I sat down on a bench and I had a cigarette. You know, I don't often have a cigarette, but why not? I, I like it when I'm thinking it. It makes me think as like I'm a proper writer or something if I'm smoking and look a little bit tormented. That's just the addiction talking. Yeah, it is the yeah. addiction talking. Um, so I sat on the bench and I had a cigarette. And this guy, uh, kind of tall, Hispanic-looking guy with a dog, like a little Staffordshire terrier dog, was walking past. And he said, oh, can I borrow your lighter? I said, yeah, fine, gave me a light. And we just started chatting, right? Nice dog, yes. Yeah, it's good opening, small talk. You know, people like talking about their pets. That's why dogs they? are invaluable. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant yeah. little prop for conversation. Yeah. So I started talking to him about his dog. What's his name? His dog's name was Amos. Brilliant. Anyway, I started chatting, uh, chatting with him about his dog and we were, we were chatting away. And, um, you know, getting on quite well. And, was, you know, he asked me where I was from and, you know, told him I'm from Brixton and not originally from the Midlands and he's from Madrid. You know, we're having a good old chance. Like, this is going quite well. This is nice, you know, a bit of small talk. And I'm, I'm rubbish at banter and we were near the end of our cigarettes. So it's like, fine, you know, smoke this and then I'll just go. Uh, he smoked <laughs> it and, um, and then he went, well, um, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go now, but do you have a number? And he asked me to my number. And it was like, that just cheapens this whole thing. You know, I thought it was just like a bit of banter. Yeah, but no, you were getting he was cruised. Yeah, I was getting cruised. And I felt a little bit disappointed in him, you know. Um, but I'm really bad at saying no. I, I'm just rubbish. I can't just go, no, no, no. What I did, I got my phone out and I was about to tell him. And I looked at him and I went, no, you're all right. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah, even yeah. worse. I went, no, you're all right. As if like I was gonna give him my number, and I went, "No, you're not even, you're not even worth it." I put my need. phone away, which was bad enough. And then I looked straight ahead, and I went, "I've got a lot of thinking to do." <laughs> I uh, actually said those words as uh, if that would somehow explain why I didn't give him my number. Like he's caused me to reconsider uh, myself or something. I was like, "That is mondo embarrassing." <laughs> it really is, man. I, just, I don't know why I have such trouble. I thought I was getting on well with a small talk, but then when push came to shove, I'm completely socially inept in that kind of environment. I've got a lot of thinking to do. Oh, too much thinking to put my numbers in your phone. Oh, I can't know. I can't spare the brain space to give you my number. Oh, I've got dear. thinking. So um, he kind of, for some reason, accepted that. Um, I didn't even look round then. He just wandered off with his Dale Gamos. And, uh, and I wandered off in the other direction. Just... Oh. Because you gave him the signs. What sign? You what gave sign him did the signs. How? You said, I like the dog. That's code for hand job. Right. I see I'm unaware of these intricacies. It's not really. It's not really. Of the language of cruising. Obviously. And then the whole way that you were... You were going to give him your number. No, that was like, only after he'd asked it. No, that was me going, well, you know, he's asked me. It'd be rude not to give him my number. I'd like That was genuinely the thought. I was like, well, you know, and I'll probably just be able to fob him off for a, a few weeks. And eventually, it's like, why would I even let myself in for that, you know, of giving him the, the thought that there's hope there, yeah. you know, that I'm interested. So I'm giving like, him you know, hope. Yeah, what's the point? So I just kind of, in, in that brief moment in time, I had that thought and went, no, nah, you're all right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're all right, mate. I said. Oh, that's awful. That's horrible. And then I've got a lot of thinking to do. Yeah. Just oh man, like I'm some kind of tortured, tortured gay, bi curious, yeah, weirdo. Yeah. 
So um, anyway, if he's listening to the Spravcast, it's not it's not nothing against you or your dog. I'm just a bit socially inept. My word, this, this Spravcast is totally banging. Oh, right. So as you know, I've been on tour lately, doing my show, quite a Um And touring, it sounds quite glamorous, isn't it? People think touring's quite, you know, well, it sounds fun, you know, you go to a different place in the country and you do a show, people like the show, and you know, you kind of hang out with them. That doesn't happen on tour. It's really, really quite bleak. Because uh, what happens, like, the first, was it the first date of my tour was in Runcorn. And I, I did my show, and it was the first show I did, and it was the first time I've done an hour and a half in a show, and it was wicked, it went really well, I was really pleased with it. And um, I finished the show about quarter to ten, and I thought, wicked, maybe I'll just go, you know, like some of the audience will be around, and like, you know, maybe, you know, things happen on tour, it's exciting, isn't it? No. And I walked out of the theatre, and there was no one around. It was the front of house man locking up, right? The bar wasn't open, all of the off licences were closed before ten o'clock. And the only pubs that I saw were really threatening. You know, ones that you just get... If buildings had an aura, it would be brown. <laughs> that kind of, you know, no, I don't fancy that. So um, I went, went back to the hotel room without any booze and just ended up watching Quiz Call. Do you familiar with Quiz Call? Is that one of those cheapo late night... That's exactly what it is. The game. cheapest late night phone-in game. It's basically just filling time. And it's so frustrating, man, because it's like, you know, all you've got to do is phone in and say what you think goes with this word. So, something card. Okay, phone up, what do you think? You know, and it's like, well, you know, it could be anything. Greetings card, birthday card, uh, you know, and people just phoning up and going, dog! <laughs> or just, you know, they're so fucking stupid, you know. Trousers, yeah. card, balloon. No, all right, I've got another one. I've got a few here. Camera, card, no! Look, shut up! Just, you know, vaguely sensible guesses. Um... And, you know, it was quite amusing at first, and then it just got a bit frustrating. Uh, and I was about to turn it off when the best thing happened. They had a technical fault. They had a technical fault with the phone lines, which meant that no one could call them. So the presenter of Quiz Call had an unspecified amount of time to fill on air. And you've never seen someone go from kind of chirpy cockney geezer to panicked lunatic in such a short space of time. Uh, I've just had that word in my ear. Uh, we've got a technical problem. So you've got me for the next bit of time. I'm going to have to fill in. And he started just talking really, really quickly. You'd think, you know, you've got time to fill. You should panic the fuck out. You know, slow down. You know, describe the... F- no, he was just talking really, really quickly. He was going, oh, well, you know, have we got a technical problem? So you got me filling in time. So um, uh, I, I'll tell you what I have for dinner. Shall I? He, he was, was saying what he had for dinner. Oh, I had cheesy chips. Um, You know, still feel a bit full. He's like, come on now, man. Think of what you're saying to the entire nation. He was talking about auditions that he'd been in. At one point, um, he actually said... He said, oh, I just thought about something to say, but I need to think about it a bit more. So when I have thought about it, then, uh, then I'll tell you about it. But in the meantime, uh, I had an audition for... Uh, <laughs> he, was like, he was absolutely having a breakdown yeah. live on air. Nice. <laughs> and it turned out it was his last ever show on Quiz Call. His name, is, it on his name was Chris Hopkins. I will never forget it. Chris Hopkins. Oh, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe they did it on purpose. Yeah. Maybe they're like, this guy is such a coat-up twat head that let's just fuck him up 
Let's just see what happens. Let's watch him break down yeah. by giving him no one to yeah, talk yeah, yeah, yeah. to. Because he's just like, he was so kind of hyper. Um, and yeah, it, all kinds of stuff was coming out. It was great. He was talking about, um, he actually got his, his acting headshot out and started talking us through the photo of him leaning in against the wall. He's like, I thought his holiday snaps were coming out next, man. He was getting desperate. And then, the beauty of it, it just made me laugh out loud on my own in my hotel room in Runcle. And he went, I haven't had a girlfriend for three years. And I thought the next step was him just asking people to call in if they fancied him. He's like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm losing this job. And uh, so I'm going to have some time on my hands. So if anyone wants to come and date me, um, it's Chris Call now. Call me. No matter how bleak. My life was in run in that Ron Corn hotel room. It's not as bleak as as Chris Hopkins in that moment of time. Oh yeah, that is funky. Why that's it's funky as a scrap sandwich. Pickle. So that is it for episode nine of Scrapcast. Quite a confessional one, this one, wasn't it? Got a bit, bit more. This is kind of a bit of therapy for us today. Um, we're better. We're better now. Yeah. So uh, thanks a lot for listening to this little bout of, uh, of Spraff therapy. And um, yeah, if you like the Spraffcast, tell other people about it. Email into uh, Spraffcast at googlemail.com if you want. Um, if not, don't bother. What were you going to say? Eli's leaning into the microphone to say something of massive import. Goodbye, Nori. Thank you, Eli. Goodbye.